Welcome to Reinventing Nerds. Dr. Joni Cannell shares communication strategies for technical people. She shares her own stories of learning to communicate and brings in other nerds and experts to show you how to interact with people in a way that's comfortable for you. And now, here's your host, the uniquely qualified engineer turned psychologist, Dr. Joni Cannell. Hello and welcome to Reinventing Nerds. Today we've got a special guest. Her name is Michelle Beauchamp. She is the CEO and owner of The Champ Group, and she's a sales and leadership trainer, a coach, and a speaker. And today, our special topic is she's going to talk about is diversity and inclusion. So please welcome Michelle. Hi, Michelle. How are you? Hey, Joni. I'm good. I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm so glad we made this happen. Thank you for inviting me. Well, we're honored to have you on this podcast, and I've been waiting to talk about this topic for quite some time now. So um, we are all on the edges of our seats listening in to what you have to tell us. But I, I know that um, you, know, you haven't been doing this for your whole life, right? Diversity and inclusion. I mean, why don't you first start out by telling us a little bit about your journey and how you got to here and what, you know, what made you want to do uh, training on diversity and inclusion? Okay, thank you. Again, thanks for having me. My passion, Joni, is to help people learn and grow and succeed. That's what I say. And so when I started the Champ Group, I decided that I would focus on leadership, sales, and communication. That's what I've done. I have over 25 years in corporate experience, 14 years as an entrepreneur, and I've always been in sales and I've always been in leadership. So one thing that I love doing is helping people grow in those three areas. And I do that by working with companies and working with individuals and just help them understand all the greatness that they already have within themselves. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, then this summer, you know, I had an epiphany and it, it happened because of so much awareness of the racial and social injustice. I mean, Ahmad Arbery, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, and that's just to name a few just for this year. Yeah. So, you know, I thought I have a passion for this. Clearly I have my own experiences mm -hmm. being a black woman. And I thought I need to really put my leadership training that I already have in the subject of diversity and inclusion and and just make that work. And so I had decided that I was going to do that. And I came across a program, I'm involved in another group, and I came across a program that I could purchase a license to. And so I decided, you know what, I'm going for it because clearly this is a subject that is tough. Mm -hmm. Almost everybody has an opinion about it. Yeah. You know, and, and it's a tough subject. And so some subjects that I already teach listening, the power of listening, mm -hmm. the energy that's required to really listen and mm -hmm. not interrupt and jump in there, you know, and the ability to have empathy. Those are already leadership traits that I train on. It's just that now we can dig into it on the subject of diversity and inclusion, which does require a lot of listening, a lot of empathy, and then yes, speaking at the right time. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's perfect. I mean, this is why you're an expert, you know, both in diversity and inclusion and in the skills it takes to, to have it. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm just really interested because, 
We have uh, all our tech and our mm. uh, technical leaders and, and, you know, the nerds who are listening in. <laughs> and, you know, I talk to them a lot about this subject. It comes up a lot. And most people, most are really, you know, thinking about it, diversity, mm -hmm. equity, inclusion, want to do um, what they consider to be the right thing, you know, mm -hmm. and as much as they can. But I also hear that they don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. you know, they feel like they're doing a lot. And some actually um, are, are concerned about doing the wrong thing, right? Mm -hmm. There's so much of that going around too. So, you know, I'm just curious, you know, what is, what is your response to that? I'm sure you hear that a lot, you know, like, mm -hmm. what do I do? And, and wait, I don't, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just gonna play it safe because, you know, I don't want to do the wrong thing. How do you, how do you, you know, react to that? Yeah, that's a really good question. And um, I, I, the good news mm -hmm. <laughs> is that it's being discussed, right? Yes. I mean, that's the good news is that people are curious, they're concerned, and they they want to do it. So I, I look at that as a good news thing. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I've been doing a lot of research on this too. And, and I, I saw some descriptions I think are interesting for the people who are asking you about this. This one came from Accenture and it said, you know, companies who take this on, they need to have bold leadership. Mm -hmm. They need to have an empowering environment and they need to be willing to take action it's like you can't have these conversations and then nothing changes. That's already what employees are concerned about. And so companies that have the bold leadership, empowering environments and willing to take action, that's that's good. You know, I will tell you too, because you mentioned it, is that not doing anything, that, that's what not to do. So, so what not to do is to do nothing, you know, try and sweep it under the rug. I know I've been talking with a lot of companies and they've been telling me the same thing. Sometimes we don't want to hear that, you know, we yeah. just want to stay focused on our goal and make sure mm. we're getting our work done. And so they try and sweep it under the rug. Well, you know, Joni, one of the interesting signs that I've seen in some rallies has been silence is violence. Right. Right. And yep. so, and when you and I talked about this before, you know, so if you, if the companies are staying silent because they don't know what to do, then, then that's not good. So, so one thing that I'm hoping is that companies will seek consultants like myself to mm -hmm. help them with this program, help them with this, this real life, real world situation. And, you know, that's what companies do. They seek professional guidance when they need help with something. So the same is true with, with this subject. Um, you know, it's funny. So one example of what not to do. Okay. One of my sons was suggesting that I watch the show Office. Okay, so early oh. on when the Office oh. first started, did you ever see that one? Uh-huh, it's too <laughs> painful for me to watch. I know it, Diversity Day. <laughs> oh. Oh my gosh. That one. So, oh my goodness. And it's funny because it was early on when they first, when it became a show. And I watched it actually not too long ago. <laughs> okay, so it was funny, right? But it wasn't It wasn't really funny. Exactly. It, it really was an example of what not to do because people weren't buying into it. They didn't understand it. It was kind of like, okay, we're going to have this diversity and we're going to check the list and say, we had diversity day. <laughs> so, so that's an example of what not to do. The thing to do first mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is for the leadership to check themselves. Yep. I mean, we did say already, it's a difficult conversation and people have opinions about it. So leaders can start off by checking themselves and being, you know, 
accepting it. If you if you're not embracing the subject, then accept that. Be aware of that because it starts with the awareness. Yeah. Once I love they, it. One, you know, once they have the awareness, and they reflect, how can I change? What can we do? So that's the first thing to do because leaders know what they think and how they behave and the message they're sending, that's the culture that they're building on this subject. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I just, I mean, what you said at the very beginning was just acknowledging where they're at. And even if, if they're not, that's, you know, if you're saying, well, you know what, I'm staying silent because I, I don't know what to do. I'm scared of doing the wrong thing. Acknowledging that is the first step to then taking action, right? Well, how can I change that? Mm -hmm. And uh, I think one of the other things is, as you said, the top leaders, because that's the message they're giving, the silent message it was giving to others so that they need to acknowledge that the others are expecting them to take action. Exactly, and the, and the employees are expecting them to take action. And if they don't take action, or if they start the conversations, then nothing happens after mm-hmm. that, then it was a waste. And you know what? That's just gonna bring the morale down. So, that, that's, so what to do is take a look in the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, really, and acknowledge where you are and, and accept that and be willing to grow. I mean, you know, it's all about always, all of us need to always be willing to see where we are and allow ourselves to stretch and grow. And when we do that, our employees know that we're trying. I mean, nobody has to have all the answers. They do want to show that they care, though, and they do want to show that hmm. something's going to change. Yeah. Well, yeah, I just wanted to ask you, because especially because our audience is a lot of uh, technical folks, you know, is there something uh, different that you would give to advice to technical leaders um, or like what's missing? I mean, I I can talk all day long about the stats in STEM, about how Mm -hmm. we have very low numbers of diversity in some areas. You know, it depends really on the area, but women, for example, is really low. Um, and then when you see the black and Latinx, uh, proportions, they're low as well. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any ideas of what might be missing for the technical leaders? Yeah. That, yeah. And thank you for asking that too. So, you know, it's called diversity, equity, and inclusion, right? right. So, so, <laughs> so there's a lot of parts right there. There's a lot to it. So diversity, starting with that, just, you know, making sure that the organization looks different, Right. Um, And kind of on that same note, I was actually on a call last week and um, there were a lot of people there from the Bay Area. One person in particular had um, been working at several different uh, technical organizations in the Bay Area in Silicon Mm -hmm. Valley. And he addressed how challenging it was. Um, So the the first part is diversity to make sure that they're doing they're doing things. And you know what I hear a lot? Well, we don't really know where to go find the qualified minorities. Exactly. That's that's the excuse. Right. And so we can't that that has to be like yesterday, not today and tomorrow. Right. (laughs) I can't keep on having that. So, you know, the. It does take extra effort. I mean, maybe someone in the company can be identified. Usually it's human resources. Maybe someone in the company can have the job responsibility to reach out into other communities. Of course, Mm -hmm. there's the HBCUs, the historically black colleges and universities, Mm -hmm. as well as other ethnic universities. There's a lot of them. So someone's job can be to take a look at those universities uh, in the communities or outside the communities. So that's one. And then there's the chambers, you know, there's the Hispanic chamber, the black chamber, um, 
And then there's the women organizations, because we are talking women here too. So there's the women organizations that they can reach out to. And then another thing too is uh, all these associations have minorities. I mean, when I was in telecommunications for 25 years, there was a particular group called National Association of Minorities in Cable and Telecommunications. Well, mm -hmm. that's a professional organization. There's probably a National Association of Black Engineers, Black Accountants. I mean, they're, mm -hmm. they're, they exist. So one thing that I would love to see companies do is embrace that effort. And it is an effort to build relationships with, with those organizations, the chambers, the schools, to, to reach new people and help them discover where they are. So that's one thing with the, with the diversity part. I mean, the existing workforce is diverse. So we need to be able to make sure that we have the leadership reflecting in that. Um, so those are some efforts to make it look different. I mean, and that mm -hmm. one particular guy said, what happens in those organizations is that they'll say, okay, you know, we have these openings. So make sure you tell your buddies. Well, if their buddies look like them and they right. don't look different, then that's not going to attract mm -hmm. the diversity that is needed and wanted. So, you know, so that's one thing is to recognize that. And one thing I know is that the, the people who are in the tech companies are smart. <laughs> right. And, and that's for sure. And they know that they want high profits. And as you know, it's proven that companies who have more diversity enjoy more profits. So mm -hmm. it's worth the effort to go out and find the people. So that's the diversity part. And then there's the equity part. Oh man, you know, and the inf information that I've been reading is that you said it, the Latinas and the, and the Blacks are not represented in the diversity and therefore, and if they are there, they're not the ones with the equal pay and they're not the ones getting promoted. Um, and also the Asian women, you know, because and apparently mm -hmm. this is because of a lack of role models. So obviously we need more people to be mentors. So that's another part of it is the inclusion part, right? is the mentors, the sponsors. Some training that I've done for companies is leadership and leadership training. Maybe they're having a leadership training and they have different subjects each month. And so I've taught networking and the networking that I teach inside of an organization is about how to, how to get a mentor, how to get a sponsor. Because then back to the role model that we were talking about, that's when you get your role models. When you have the sponsors that say to you, you know, when you do this, uh, let's talk about how you can do that a little differently so that you can you can impact your branding and and, right. and elevate your position in the organization. So things like that um, are very important. So mentoring programs, networking inside the organization, those are all important. I mean, little things, Joni, like who are you inviting to lunch? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I remember... Um, I remember, you know, many instances where I would see people go off to lunch and I wouldn't be invited. And even more important than that, being invited to participate on a committee. You know that you've got certain expertise, certain knowledge. Again, diversity is all about diversity in thought and experiences. And so when you invite someone who's different than you to be on a committee that you're working on, mm -hmm. they feel good because they recognize they've been working hard and the knowledge and wisdom that they have will now be able to be contributed to the company and to others. So including people to the table. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, Michelle, you mentioned a couple of things uh, and, 
And one is just inviting different people to lunch is a way to learn and grow yourself, right? right. But uh, also inviting people to committees and all that, even if they're not experts on the topic matter, mm-hmm. they can contribute an alternative perspective. And sometimes that just shakes things up. And it doesn't even have to be about diversity, uh, equity, or inclusion. It could be about, you know, the process that's being followed, you know? I exactly. mean, it's just yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's the whole point is that, you know, we do have to become comfortable working with people who are not like us. And it, like you said, it will help people grow because it's things you haven't thought of. I mean, I'm working with a few different people on projects now and, and we're all thinking of different things. And so it's awesome because we're not, none of us are ever going to have all of the answers, but when we bring different people together, then we can get different answers and combine them and collaborate. And, and it's really more effective. And when companies do that, their employees are happier. Okay, so wait, you you actually talked about happiness now, and you've also mentioned morale earlier on. And I wanted to ask you about that, uh, because, you know, how is it affecting morale, like plus or minus, when you get into diversity, equity, and inclusion? You know what? Let's hope that it's positive. I mean, the truth of the matter is that, as we've said a couple of times now, it's a sensitive subject. So Mm -hmm. some people may not like that, right? Oh, okay, yeah. So I think that the leadership needs to acknowledge that everybody's mm-hmm. not going to say, yeah, let's talk about diversity. Equity, yeah, inclusion. no, it's true. It's true. Yeah. That's what, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think people need to, the leaders need to recognize that. But overall, if the company knows that, listen, our world is changing. And the research I've seen, Joni, it says in, in about 30 years, the people who are minorities now are going to be the majority. Mm-hmm. And so, so what we need to do now is prepare and create a culture that is inclusive with everybody. And so when the topic of diversity, equity, and inclusion is discussed, morale will be better, should be expected to grow because it's inclusive and includes everybody. We're talking Mm -hmm. women, we're talking different cultures. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of biases that we have out there. Mm -hmm. And so we can all benefit by understanding our biases acknowledging them. And then we need to get over it. (laughs) (laughs) Gosh, really just, yeah. Put it simply, Michelle, just get over it. Yeah. (laughs) We do. We really do need to get over it. And, and companies who have higher companies whose leaders pay attention to this Mm -hmm. have higher morale. Interesting too. Um, we do want to address um, companies typically want to, you know, attract the millennials and, 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 and then not only attract the millennials, but keep the millennials. Right. Yes. I mean, cause turnover is expensive and frustrating as heck. Right. So, so one thing that's interesting when I took a look at some generational expectations is that millennials really want diversity mm-hmm. followed by Gen X. Baby boomers mm-hmm. seem to be the generation that are not as willing to change. And, you know, when you think about it, baby boomers have been trained to keep your head down and, you know what, be productive. It's all about productivity, mm-hmm. right? Right. And so, so that makes sense. So companies who understand that our world is changing and the expectations are different and make effort to, to, to pull that in and make some changes are going to have happier employees because they're going to be, they're going to feel more included. 
Michelle, I happened to get two phone calls this week about this particular issue about retaining millennials. And I'm going to tell them to listen to this episode. (laughs) You got to do it because I mean, you, you also said that the millennials value diversity the most, but they are also the most diverse generation. So yeah, yeah, it makes sense. So yeah, go on. I I got a couple of little, and this is interesting for you to tell your, your, your people who called you this week. Well, then that's good. So (laughs) In four years, so that's not very far from now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in four years, 75% of our workforce will be millennials. Mm-hmm. So that's, that means that we have to change now so that we can attract them and keep them. And you know what? I have a couple of interesting statistics I want to share with you too, kind of about Please. morale mm-hmm. and team building. Mm-hmm. This report came from Deloitte mm-hmm. and it said that Having diversity in a workplace increased team performance by 17%. That's significant. That's really significant. Mm -hmm. And decision-making by 26% and collaboration increased by 29%. That's a lot. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. So, so diversity really makes a difference. Um, mm-hmm. And all those are important. And, and then kind of back to the thing we said earlier, which was profits soar. <laughs> right. Well, the reason why they soar is because look, you have more ideas generated. You have more thought. You've got some good think tanks going. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I'm curious now. Um, you talked about taking action. You talked about looking in the mirror. You talked about all the reasons why we should do this. How do we take action? I mean, how do we start the conversations and, and what do we do after that? And you know what? And I'm sure, Joni, because you, you, you are an expert in communication. So <laughs> I, I, know, I know this is no surprise to you. So what I'm going to say, though, is listening. <laughs> mm-hmm. y- you know, um, when we listen, I mean, sometimes we're so quick to share our opinion and our opinions matter. I'm not saying not to share the opinions, but first we should listen. And again, it does start with the mindset. You know, I talked earlier about being aware, taking a look in the mirror and being mm-hmm. aware of where you are on this. Well, when you take a look at your mindset and with that, whatever it is, then you recognize, here's how I feel about this. Then the question is, well, that doesn't seem to be so effective. So how can I change my mindset? And then, and then it's, you know, how can I, how can I become a more effective listener? So once, you know, you say, okay, this is who I am. I'll share with you that in the the program that I, that I teach, Mm -hmm. we have some ways to identify the role that you play. And, and one of those roles would be a hesitator. And so the hesitator might be thinking, this is going to blow over. Yes, we saw a lot of ha- things happen this mm-hmm. year, but you know what? This is going to blow over. So I think right now we have so many other critical things that we need to deal with. Let's just kind of wait and see. And then when you recognize if that's you and you start to hear because you're listening that it's not okay to wait and see because employees need the discussions. They need the conversations so that they can be more productive and collaborative then you then you can start to ask the right kind of questions. So mindset, asking the right kind of questions at the right time, and then listening. You know, I mean, Stephen Covey did teach us that what people want more than anything else. I mean, what a great lesson, right? 
is to be heard and understood. I mean, that's what he taught us. And, and hearing and understanding, those are two different things. So hearing and understanding and then being willing to know. So you know, the program that I have is called From Ally to Action. So first of all, right. anybody who's they're talking about this. Um, they're ready to do something different. Those are allies. We And no matter what the cause is, we all need allies. We definitely need allies. And then the next part of it is then the action part. What's supposed to, ha- what happens after that? So it's, it's recognizing that people need to talk about it and then knowing what kind of, and you know, it's all about welcoming, right? What kind of, what kind of questions can we ask to show that we are ready to open the door and to use a phrase that we already use, which is invite people to the table, you know, yeah. invite them to the committee, invite them to the table and then, and then relax. I mean, I think we need to learn how to relax um, and not be tensed up about it. Recognize that it's challenging. Be, be okay. Have your heart open. You know, my heart is open, so I'm not going to be judged and I'm not going to judge. And if we release that, then we'll be able to have some meaningful conversations. You know, Michelle, that makes me think back to a situation a few years back where I was working with an organization and the organization decided to bring in more diverse group of people and it really backfired. It was Mm -hmm. very interesting how it happened because they didn't follow your advice. And I'll tell you what happened. They, they invited them in. They were so eager to bring in diversity and then they were still closed up and didn't open their hearts and, and invite them to talk. Right. There was still like sort of the in group. Right. People just, oh, oh, I'll get in the room and they talk to people they know rather than people they don't know. Mm. And, you know, I realized that right when you said it was like that was the problem. They needed to not talk to each other, but talk to different people that they hadn't Mm. been talking to and asking the questions and listening. And that would have really made the difference. See, you know what? And yeah, and thanks for sharing that. And see, and then the problem with that is that then they can say, we tried it and it didn't work. <laughs> right. Oh, no, they had to keep, let me tell you, the organization had huge problems because of this. It oh, was, okay. I mean, you're talking about, um, you know, the, the disastrous consequences. Oh. Um, yeah, mm. the, uh, the chairman uh, got fired and all sorts mm. of things. Uh, mm. It was so bad because it didn't work out. And, uh, you know, that was part of the problem. But um, the, I think that you're saying that you, you, you don't just, I don't know, pay lip service and put the writing on the wall or invite the people. You have to have that inclusion part. And maybe that's like opening up, listening, but continuing the conversation. I yeah. don't know. Do you have any words about that? Well, you know what I do. And so, and you did just, <laughs> you just reminded me of another, another example of kind of what not to do. Um, okay. And, and it really was, I won't name the company, but you know, the intentions were good. So let me say this is that I know the intentions are good. And so that's why we have to have a plan though. I mean, we can't just, we can't just go do something. We need a plan yeah. and, the best, and the best way to have a good plan is to have somebody to help us out. Right. So call yep. some people to help us out. So, but one company did have a program that they were going to start the awareness. Okay. So the intention was good, but the result was not good. Um, they, they, they started off in the first culture that they were going to recognize was the black culture. Then they were going to go to several different cultures mm-hmm. and it started with the black and blacks. And then, you know what, it never went anywhere else because um. it, it, it ended up very badly. Um, they, they sent a PowerPoint presentation, which totally had stereotypes and, and 
<laughs> Ouch. And you know, I tell you, I remember having a conversation with the leader of that group. Um, and I said to her, why didn't you reach out and ask us? I exactly. Mean, I'm here. <laughs> and there are several of us who you could have asked and you didn't reach out and ask us and say, let's have a conversation. And we would have told mm. you this is not what you want to do. So so again, you know, start the conversation and and be be willing to to continue it. You know, and the thing about it is, is the trust factor does have to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, people do have to feel as though if they're honest and open that they will not be retaliated against. Yep. You know, I mean, there are people who I, I'll give you an example. I'm, I'm actually coaching a, a person right now who works in a large um company and her company started having conversations that went very badly and her reaction was this is not a company I want to stay with Mm. and part of that decision making was because of the way they handled that discussion I mean yeah you know and and it's so so back to how it affects morale I mean well yeah and and uh profits and all that too I mean if people are going to leave yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's a huge yeah. cost. It's, it's really huge. It's really, really huge. So I, I, um, so the, the building the trust, I mean, in order mm-hmm. for people to really open up and have some honest conversations, they, they do have to know from each other and, and, and have the trust that when I say this, it's not going to come back to haunt me. Is it in six months? It's not going to show up on my performance review. Is it, you know? Right. So, so the trust factor has to really be there, but, but <sighs> Involve, I know some companies have some employee resource groups who are involved in this too, and they're all coming together. The other thing that I do want to say is you want to make sure that not only there needs to be trust and people need to be honest, and it does not need to be a moan and groan complaint session. So okay. that's, that's not going to go anywhere. So I think the rules need to be clear, you know, is, is here's what we expect and, and here's what we want, but here's what we don't want. And in other words, if we say that these things are happening, we need to come up with some action plans about what's mm-hmm. going to happen next. How are we going to do this? What's it going to sound like? What's it going to mm-hmm. look like? What's it going to feel like? Okay. So let me, let me summarize a few things that you said that I think are really important for people to take away from this is that first of all, you have to actually look at yourself and be mm-hmm. aware. You have to start the conversation and it's not starting by talking. It's starting right. by listening. Right right? Asking the right questions to listen. And it's creating uh, the trusting environment so that people can be open. But also something you said is you need to have a plan and you need to have structure and and guidelines. And that's where it really is important to get some help to not just make it a free for all and moan and groan, but we really want to, you know, figure out how you're going to structure this to keep it safe and move forward. Exactly. Yeah. That was a great summary there. Jenny. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm glad I was paying attention. I was you were ready. paying attention. You're a great <laughs> listener. <laughs> great demonstration of listening. <laughs> oh, well, okay. So if people want to bring you in or learn more, how, how do they reach out to you, Michelle? I would love for people to reach out to me. My email address is Michelle at thechampgroup.com and Michelle with two L's. So M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E, Michelle at thechampgroup.com. That's one way. My website is B-E-A saleschamp.net. 
So be a sales oh, champ. Yeah. Cute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's it. And then, you know, they can link in with me and you're going to put all this on the, on the site. They're, they can link in with me mm-hmm. at LinkedIn.in, in, you know, slash Michelle Beauchamp. So you can find mm-hmm. me there. Uh, and then I have a Facebook page called the champ group. So several ways, mm-hmm. uh, any of those work, the easy way, really easy is Michelle at the champ group.com. So I would love mm-hmm. all of those. Excellent. And I'll have those on the notes page for this episode too. So if people forget, it's hard to forget being a champ. So, uh, so yeah, they can, they can be a champion of uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. So this has been really informative and uh, really appreciate your efforts in making the world a better place, Michelle, and helping others uh, do that too. So thank you. Thank you, Joni. Well, you know, if you didn't have that intent, you wouldn't have invited me on your show. So thank Mm -hmm. you for your really heartfelt, what I know, and your genuine uh, intent to make a difference. So I I really appreciate that. Thank you very much. Well, thanks. Thanks for being here. And we're going to thank the listeners and the viewers for tuning in to Reinventing Nerds. You can find us here at reinventingnerds.com. And uh, we'll see you next time. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of Reinventing Nerds and encourage you to apply what you learned to help you communicate better. For a free consultation with Joni to see how she can help you further, please visit ReinventingNerds.com. Until then, embrace your inner nerd and remain true to yourself while you develop your communication strategies.